Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for music. All styles, even the ones I don't like. But thank you that you use music in our lives to realign us, redirect us, inspire us. And sometimes the lyrics even renew our minds. So thank you for that. And in that, we get to worship. Worship not just through what we call Christian music, but through all kinds of music. Father, today, thank you that you've given us great minds. You have given us the mind of Christ. May that truth hit us today in a powerful way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. What you think matters. Last week, we, uh, we talked about gratitude and how gratitude can shape your day, your future, and how important it is. Um, and we're not into that uh, just for the sake of positive thinking, positive thinking, but there is something we need to look at regarding how we think and how Scripture has shown us the importance of it. And we're discovering science is already proving it. After last week's message, uh, uh, I was talking a little bit about the idea of uh, recalibrating our brain waves and, and new connections can physically be made by the changes we make in our thinking and what we say. And Bev Christian came up to me afterwards and said, that's neuroplasticity, I think what's called. What's neuroplasticity or... Sure, something like that. Look it up. It'll, Google will correct the spelling. <laughs> um, but it's the proof, scientific proof, that connections can be remade. Connections can be, you can turn off the computer uh, rod, the audio into it. You can turn off the audio to the computer. I don't need it anymore. Uh, otherwise, I get all these little ding-dings. Um, but your brain can actually be retrained. In fact, for many, many years, uh, individuals that had a stroke or had something like that happen, if they, or I, uh, I think, what was it uh, that I saw? It was uh, a concussion. No, what's, when you're knocked out. Um, concussion is one part, but when you're right out. Unconscious. There we go. If you're unconscious for a certain number of hours, old science used to say, well, after eight hours, <laughs> you're kind of toast and there's going to be stuff not right with you anymore. You're not right in the head. You know, that kind of thinking. Obviously, science has continued to grow and, and re reveal that, hey, that's not necessarily true anymore. In fact, it's not true at all. But that's what science believed 100 years ago or 50 years ago, whatever it was. So this, the idea of our brain physically being able to reshape, retrain, uh, recalibrate, build new connections that weren't there. This is true science. <coughs> in fact, uh, uh, the Bible often speaks about the power of the mind, which is what today is going to be about. And <coughs> I don't want to be just some nice idea, though, power of thinking right. Isn't that, that's great. You know, bless your heart. You've got to cover all the topics. I get it. This is real. This is serious. And we need to wake up to see and hear the power of what Scripture's already pointing to. Science is proving it from another area. And for a long time, science and the church were enemies. They were not in sync with each other. And yet, 
There is a denomination that's never divorced science. The Orthodox Church. They have always believed in science. That scientific discoveries and biblical truth were completely compatible. Even though there are phrases and words that make it sound like it's not. It's not true. In fact, scientists now, as the improvements to science are coming along, are not contradicting Scripture, but confirming it. That's huge. And when it comes to thinking, our minds are super powerful. And our thoughts shape who we are and what we will become. That's why what we speak into our kids matters. Here's an example. Me growing up as a kid, I had voices screamed into my head and literally screamed because my mom was a screamer and I ticked off my brother enough that he yelled at me enough. And I had words spoken to me that were literally word for word. You are a nothing. Over and over and over and over again. You can't do anything right. You're a screw up. You're not good enough. Those are the words I grew up with. That, that's what I was baptized in. That's what I swam in as a kid. So when I met this priest who was supposed to be good, he was the good guy compared to all the messages. And then he, the abuse began. Like, holy dung. Seriously? So I'm shocked that I'm where I'm at today. Totally Shocked. I should not be here according to the traditions of men and women. But because Christ has held me together all along, I get to walk where I am. And there's hope. I've got a lot of men speaking to me who've been sexually abused. Because they're wondering, how did you get through it? Or get over it, is the word they used. I said, you don't get over it. You get through it. It's like grief. You don't get over grief. You walk through it. What goes on up here matters. There isn't some magic list to follow these five steps. I wish there was. I'd be rich. <laughs> really? For another payment of $5.99. That's $599. Yeah, yeah. You can too. A Dr. Carolyn Leaf uh, has a book called Switch On Your Brain. She says, as we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. Where have I heard that before? Scripture. This is not new stuff. Last week it was how being thankful changes your brain, influence, expectations, and outcomes in your life. Today we're going to talk about how you think and what you think about does the exact same thing. You can change outcomes. That sounds hokey. It sounds like, what are you talking about? Especially if you've come from a really traditional Christian background. That sounds, hang on, that's, that's weird. I wouldn't be teaching this or saying it so bluntly if I had not walked through my own insecurities and understandings of all the why it's not true and why I couldn't handle that terminology. Why this, this line, uh, 
I didn't wrestle with it, I wouldn't be able to share with you my journey. And all I can do today is invite you onto the journey and show you how I got there. How's that? I can't tell you what to think. I'm going to let Scripture guide you today. Remember I've told you many times, it's not what I say that you have to listen to. You know, I'm not always right. That's my wife, you know. I'm not always right up here either. At best, it's incomplete. I don't have all truth, but the one who is all truth dwells in me and in you. And when it's true, it'll connect with you inside. It's not going to become true to you. It's already true when you hear it. You go, ah, truth connects to truth. This is true. We don't make up new truth. And Scripture reveals truth. So when you see it, and the Spirit of Christ in you helps you understand it, you go, ah, that's true. How many times have you read a text of Scripture over and over and over again, especially if you memorized it as a kid, you know, blah, 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 and then suddenly years later, oh my goodness, that's a whole new twist. I've never seen it like that before. Oh my, what? That's only the beginning, baby. (laughs) This is happening more and more to me, and I am loving this, which makes me less dogmatic about what I used to think. It's like, hmm, okay. If I'm changing... I want to keep changing. I want to keep growing. If things don't change, they stay the same. Deep. (laughs) Seriously, it's true. (laughs) You are not designed to stay the same. Not one of you. If you did, there would be a problem. If one of your children did not change physically... They stayed whatever stage they're at, at, let's say, four. And they're now 12 years old, but they're four. There's a medical problem. Something's not right because we are designed to grow and mature. This includes our thinking. An old Chinese proverb. Let's see, you just say old Chinese proverb and put in whatever you want. Nobody will question it. All right, just kidding. Be careful of your thoughts. For your thoughts inspire your words. Be careful of your words, for your words precede your actions. Be careful of your actions, for your actions become your habits. Be careful of your habits, for your habits build your character. Be careful of your character, for your character decides your destiny. Now, somebody can say, seriously, character does not define destiny. Like, define destiny for me. Okay. Pretend all that's not there. And all I put up was, be careful of your character, for your character um, decides your destiny. Would that sound weird? Yes. It's like, okay, unpack that. Look where it begins. One thing leads to another. If you know that song. But these all go down, 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 down. There is a progression here. You think, oh, it doesn't matter what I put into my brain. Yes, it does. Believe me, I'm one who grew up resisting that talk because my mom said that all of the time. There's a lot of stuff I was not allowed to do, watch or say. You know, we were allowed to watch Sesame Street, but we were not allowed to watch Electric Company. Seriously, because I was too crazy. What? But, I, you know, I didn't understand that. Like, 
if none of you know what I'm talking about, then... <sighs> okay. Little House in the Prairie, I was allowed to watch, okay? But I couldn't watch... Okay, never mind. Happy Days. It wasn't, that was a bad one. Or even worse was... Uh, 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 my age is really coming out. Hogan's Heroes. Definitely not allowed to watch that. So we had to... Because my dad's German, right? <laughs> Make a fun of the Germans. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. The idea of what you plant in your head matters. Last week we ended with this. This was the verse that began this two-week idea of thinking and how we're affected. From the Passion Translation, Psalm 19, 14 says, So may the words of my mouth, my meditation, thoughts, and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, my only Redeemer, my protector God. There's something about the meditations of your thoughts, what you're thinking about, how it affects you physically. How many ever stress about life? Kids, money, job, spouse, you name it, a conflict. When you chew those thoughts up, it builds, the pressure builds, and it finds a place usually in your gut. Usually. Not everybody. Sometimes it moves to brutal headaches. Sometimes it moves into other physical manifestations. It physically affects us. So, what else do we have here? What else does Scripture say? I need the the clicker there. Something's... There we go. Is this not working? Okay. Guess what? That's what it has to be. This is what it has to be. Sorry, guys. All right, let's try this. Yeah. I have the power. Okay. Romans 12. Great lead-in. Great foundation verse. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. As in, don't be squeezed into the mold of this present age. That goes for any age, any group of people. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Oh, I like that. There's something about renewing your mind. And it's not about you, me. Okay, I'm renewing. Okay, I renew, I renew, I renew. We do all that stuff to renew. You can't renew your mind. It's inspired by Christ in you, who is the source, who may lead you to some practices that cause a change or pattern of thinking. Message translation says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. We're called to be light. To be influencers. But if our culture, which is counterintuitive to 
the grace of God, it's about control and power and, and money, sex, power, all that. That's what the culture is about. That's not what we're about. We're about surrender and love. Don't let culture determine who you are. You be light to the culture who needs this hope that actually indwells you. Colossians 1.27. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Or New American Standard Bible says, for as he thinketh, thinks within himself, so is he. I looked it up in so many translations. <laughs> it says the same thing. I tried to find a cooler version. You know, hey, better way to understand it. They say the same thing. For as you think, so are you. What does that mean? Uh, I had a hard time seeing this for a long time. But then I looked back at my own past and realized as I thought, I am a nothing, I became a nothing. I acted out of what I believed, even though my true identity was fully pure, holy, righteous, saved, delivered, free. Seriously, I, that, that was my true me. But my ego, my flesh, believed I was nothing. So I became what I was thinking. And the more you think I'm no good, I'm ugly, I'm not good enough, I'll never have love. I'll never have this job. I'll never, I'll never. You are creating new synapses in your brain, new ways of thinking, and you're wondering why you're dwelling in all those thoughts. Because you started the process. Let's create new ones. Let's listen to what the scriptures have been trying to tell us for centuries. Isaiah 41, 9 to 10. For I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That's a good one when you're bummed out. When you're in depression, when you're in a, a mind thing, whether it's chemical or whatever's going on, sometimes we have to tell ourselves with our mouth so the vibration of our voice rings back into our ears so our thinking is now saying it, we're hearing it, we're speaking it, and now we begin to reset the wiring. Usually you do it when no one's around. In the bathroom, you know, talking to the mirror, it's all weird. Uh, in most counseling situations, the most uncomfortable thing any counselee will have to do, in my guess, this is not scientific, my guess, and from my personal observations, is having to repeat back when the counselor says, now, say a couple good things about yourself. Uh, uh, I like hockey? No. <laughs> There's something very difficult when you are wounded to speak opposite of what you feel. When you speak truth instead of feeling, because feeling is a response to what you're thinking about. And if you're constantly thinking these negative thoughts, you're going to feel negative about who you are. But when the counselor guides you in your talking in your conversations to find a safe place to actually verbalize these things in front of somebody you don't know very well. Oh boy, when that volcano erupts, you, I know for me, tears came and there's nothing I could do. 
And I couldn't explain it, and she said, it's, it's normal, it's okay. This is supposed to happen. This is so overdue. It's happened many times in my life. But listen to these things. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Who's your God? Who is your heavenly father? Who is Jesus in you? This is where we need to be reminded in those moments, microbursts of deep darkness that sometimes comes at us or we get torpedoed with. We deflect it with this. Last week I mentioned a guy named Morris who gave thanks for every job he did. He developed a habit, a pattern over all of his years. At 75 years old, he was still going and thanking God for the work he gave him and his family. It didn't happen that day. He didn't start that day. It was a pattern that became who he was, which was a full reflection of Christ in him. This journey of grace is slow. I tell other pastors, if you're going to try and teach grace in your church, brace yourself. <laughs> it's going to be a slow process because not only might it be new truth and people are going to get ticked off, or secondly, there's going to be so much unlearning that has to be done and new cubby holes have to be created for your thinking and theology. People need time. I've been teaching this here at Hope Fellowship for 15 years this December. Have I changed since I first began? Rod, did, have I changed at all since I've been here? A little bit, just a little. Just. And I ain't done. Neither are you. John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. That one's big. You have peace of mind and heart. Do you always access it? Do you always eat from that, draw from it? Him, she, Trinity in you. The Holy Trinity dwelling in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you know you have peace? You don't have to pray for more peace. You have perfect peace. Do you know how to access it? <laughs> Welcome to the journey of maturing. <clears throat> Dumb clicker. Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. A lot of people need to hear that one. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you into every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. That's another line a lot of people need to know. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that is wrong. An old covenant truth, super valid today. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion. Not when you follow these five steps. Not when you do this, this, and this, then that will be the result. It begins with intimacy with your Heavenly Father. That's the whole point of being here. Being redirected in our thinking to the one who is our source. The one who holds all things together. You, me, everything, the universe, is held together by Christ. 
You're going to have to help me, Dom. Sorry. Okay, Isaiah 43, 18 to 9. This is big for some of you. Somebody here needs to hear this today. Listen carefully. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Wow. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. Oh, this is good. Stop dwelling in the past. Quit using the past as the excuse why you cannot grow or do what you need to do today. Stop it. It's wrong thinking. The past is where you've been. It's shaped part of how you are and who you are, but it does not determine your future or your identity. If it did, I'd be dead a long time ago. For all the attempts of suicide that I've tried in the early years, it was in my 18 to 20, I shouldn't be here. That's what my ego says. But spirit says, <laughs> whether you tried and succeeded or whether you which tried and failed, I still have you, is what my God tells me. Amen. It's really important to know that. First Peter 1 Peter 13 to 15. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Wow. Ephesians 6.14 Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of God's armor, sorry, the body armor of God's righteousness. This text is big because we usually pull that out and we say, I'm in a spiritual war. Okay, then we got to put on the full armor of God. Not just part of it, just we got to put the full armor. It looks like seven pieces in this prayer, something like that. And so you, you mentally, okay, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay, I'm putting this on. I'm imagining, imagine, imagine. You, you, however we do it, you have the sword, you got the helmet of truth. You get all the stuff and ha oh, feet fitted with readiness. And pray on all occasions how it ends, that section, by the way. There isn't armor to put on. You're fully equipped already. Don't speak as if you're missing armor when you tell people put on the full armor of God. It doesn't mean it's not there and now put it on. It's saying identify what you already have, which means know your identity. Amen. That's what this is about. Affirm, be reminded, put on, put into practice what is already true. That's what this is about. That means in your thinking as well. Next, okay, Philippians 4, 8, 9. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me. 
what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Holy smokes. Do you know why he says, do this? Put into practice? Because it isn't natural. Put it into practice. This is why Paul gave instructions in the New Testament, not laws. They are commands for your benefit. Do this, don't do that. Why? Because it's for your good. Because if you're, if, you're, if you're having to listen to the instructions, that means you have much growing to do. For when you don't need to listen to those instructions, you've arrived at a place of, I'm listening to the Spirit of Christ in me. I'm naturally, supernaturally, which is the new natural, not going to do those things anymore. But my attention is going to be focused on what is my new natural. Does that make sense? Do I have to repeat that? Because I forget what I said. I'm going to have to watch the video. But like children, we teach them to tie their laces. Uh, remember the struggle of trying to teach your kid, I hate this, I want strap-ons, I want to have Velcro, you know, because they don't want to learn how to do it. All the frustrations. Practice, practice, practice. Now, you don't even think about it. They're on. These are slip-ons, but anyway. <laughs> it's the same principle. And Paul is speaking to children, young adults, and adults through his writings. Knowing we're all growing different stages. That's what the diagram is for. Seed, sapling, tree. That we grow up into Christ. Become fully formed. That Christ who is fully in us will be fully matured in us. And we are the expression of our new oneness. The expression of Christ. Okay? This is, this is huge. This is part of mind renewal. You can choose what you think or dwell on. But we don't always choose what comes into our minds, but it is what we do with those thoughts that come into our minds. You can't control every thought. So, I'm going to tell you something. When I say this next line, do not think of an elephant. Don't. Here's the line. What's big has big floppy ears. Sometimes pink in cartoons. How many thought of an elephant? Duh, of course. I planted the thought. You're going to have people planting thoughts wherever you go. It happens through media. It happens through videos, movies, conversations. It's what you do with those thoughts. When a thought pops in your head, oh, I feel so guilty for that, thinking that thought. Really? Do you not know by now that not every thought you have is your own? There are thoughts that are planted by ego, planted by flesh, planted by the world, planted by darkness. You don't have to own those thoughts. You can say, nope, I reject that thought. Taking every thought captive is coming up soon, I hope, because... Yeah, here it is. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 10.5. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought. Take captive every thought. 
and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. And the side note that was up in there, uh, wherever the star was, or every scheme. Paul is using the concept of taking prisoners of war, but in this case, the prisoners held captive are faulty patterns of thought that defy God's authority. And you have been given the authority of God in you. What does that mean? Welcome to the journey. How do we do this? You want a to-do? I'll give you a to-do. Small one. Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. I hate sitting still. I jokingly tell people, I don't do slow. (laughs) I go, 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 go all the time. But this, for our minds to be able to capture and process, we need stillness. This requires stillness. It requires intention. Intentional. I saw a a doctor in the last couple of weeks who spoke to me about reducing stress in minute and a half intervals. And sometimes I'll share, you, share with you how to do it, but it was a breathing exercise that uh, was given to me. And oh my goodness. And part of whatever that breathing process was, um, she was into quantum physics as well, and she said, this will begin to retrain your brain, realign, create new synapses, new direction, just by this small, simple exercise you can do several times a day. Stillness. If it doesn't happen, if you don't, someone else's intention will become yours. Somebody else's dream, somebody else's hope, somebody else's desire. Somebody else can manipulate you so easily. And there are people who know how to manipulate. It doesn't need to happen. Because the more confident you become in who you really are, it's really hard to push you over because you're solid. Your feet are fitted, standing firm because it's who you are. Here's how David did it. Psalm 139, 23 to 24, he says, God, search me. Know my heart. Try me. Know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. This is the surrender I was talking to you about. This is David being very honest because anxious thoughts. Who's got anxious thoughts? Anybody? You don't have to show your hands, but honestly, I do. They control me often. They're having less time slots in my head. That's the good news. Patterns are changing. They're still there. He was honest. He said, Lord, what is in me? And it's in the still meditation time. By the way, don't let Eastern mysticism steal away the proper sense of what meditation is. If you come from a churchy background where meditation was a thing of new age, it's time to reconnect your thinking to a better biblical understanding of what meditation is. Another word, prayer, is a form of meditation. Don't be afraid of the word meditate because it's used in Scripture more than you want to admit. And David is saying, show me, point out, so that those things stop controlling me, so that bit of energy here that is causing me stress, remove it from me so I don't waste that, and yet it's not part of who I really am. So let who I really am come out 
of me. Let me be me. Christ is in you, and he wants out. 2 Peter 1, may the God bless you with his special favor and wonderful peace as you come to know Jesus, our God and Lord, better and better. As we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness. It's as we get to know God better, this becomes more and more real and our minds are gradually renewed more and more. It's about relationship. There is no rush and there's no cue in the line. There's no line. There's no comparison. Do not compare yourself with anybody else. I'm not as, you know, not as far along as they are. They're really mature. Really? That may or may not be true, but it's irrelevant because now you're saying, I'm not there. You are there. You're actually fully there. You are fully mature in Christ in you. Now be that mature one, which will take time. You are your true identity. You lack nothing. Now we learn to practice it. It's called growing up, and it's painful. Click. Dom. Next one. Okay, Matthew 9, 29. Then he touched their eyes, saying, It shall be done to you according to your faith. New Living Translation says, Because of your faith, it will happen. The message has become what you believe. Passion Translation says, You will have what your faith expects. As a man thinketh, so is he. What you believe, that's your faith. That's not going to happen. I'll never get that. Well, the more you say that, you're creating your own future, and it will not happen. does not mean I can sit here and say, I, I see a BMW with leather seats, that special disc changer, retractable roof, turbo speed, James Bond, you know, whatever. You know, uh, I see it, so I'm creating my own future, and I'm going to have that. You can play that game, but you've lost the point. The point is Jesus, who does give us desires. Need a car? Pray for a car. It's transportation is the need. Do you see the difference? Be careful with how you think, but thinking matters. How you project and think. What's your faith? That's why a lot of people don't get healed in non-charismatic churches. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> hmm. Let that sink in. Dumb. Romans 8, 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. He is weaving in you right now. Making you even more beautiful than you are. Removing those things in our minds that hinder us from seeing our completion already, our perfect maturity already in Christ. You aren't lacking. You have it all. 
2 Corinthians 3.18, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we will all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. This includes your mind renewal journey. It's the Lord doing it, not you. Don't put it on your to-do list. Okay, I'm going to work on my renewal. Don't do that. Let it grow from within. Trust Christ in you. When we put it on a list, we're telling Jesus, uh, you know, I'm going to help you out here because I need to remember this. <laughs> it sounds very counterproductive to a guy who loves lists. Okay, I love lists. My calendar, I love it. But the intent here is to renew my mind. Last slide. Your loving Father wants to nurture you in his love until you are consumed by it at every level of your being. He wants the love that he and you share together become the catalyst for every action and every thought you have. He wants you to recognize that his love is the very source of your life. When you see that, it is going to change the way you think. <laughs> it's about him. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about the Father. It's about Trinity in us. And we are already included in that dance. Let this hit your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we can't even do it. <laughs> we can't even create the want to, but yet your word has shown us, and even though the verse wasn't up there today, it is you who places the desire in us, and it is you who gives us the power to do the thing you've given us the desire to do. And you're also in charge of the outcome. Oh, Lord, can we just know you and rely on you to be our voice, our step, our action? We don't have to worry about the motivation. You are our motivation. I want to grow up to that. Be our light. Be our revelation. Be our maturity. And be our process. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. So, what was today about? What was last week about? Let me sum it up in a short phrase. It is about you and I increasing our awareness of the presence of Christ in us. However, that works for you in one baby increment. If that happens this week, actually it will, so watch for it. It will happen this week. Wait for it. Put your antenna up. Okay, there's going to be a different awareness this week of Christ in me, and he's going to either, either I'm going to see it outside of me, or I'm going to feel it in me. I'm going to experience it. Look for it. And when you experience it, thank him. Say, more. More! <laughs> Just go for it. This is the Christ life. Thanks for coming.